Welcome to HubShots episode 153. We talk about our top three HubSpot workflow tips. And we discuss lead status field and how you can use it and social strategy versus social tactics. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing and sales results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. With me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and my name's Ian Jagger from Search to Be Found. How are you, Craig? Really well. Back at it again. Back into it. And you know I love HubSpot workflows. You do. It's going to be good. In fact, the only thing holding me back from talking about workflows is talking about Sydney Hyde a couple of weeks right. ago. So that's going to be our inbound thought of the week, Craig. The HubSpot user group, which was held in March. What do I say? It was a sellout, wasn't it? It was a big night. Yeah, actually sold out. So oh, I've always wanted to do that, sell out an event and go, sorry. We've done it. <laughs> sold out the tickets. But no, very lucky. And really... Credit not to us for that, but because of some of the big names we had along, we had a, a guest panel with three fantastic guest speakers. Yes. Talking about a range of things, by the way, because two of the guest speakers actually don't even use HubSpot, but they were veterans of digital marketing. So it was great, I thought, at the event to have a mix. Yes. Well, we'll talk about Moby in a second. My goodness, that guy's smart. But anyway, <laughs> his session on HubSpot maturity yes. model was amazing. But this panel talking about decades of experience with marketing, how it's changed and things like that. I mean, what what were some of the things you've kind of took out of the night? Oh, by the way, uh, great feature of the night, some marketing jokes. Yeah, from the HubSpot blog. <laughs> <laughs> Which you delivered very well, I thought. Well, you know what? Sarah McIntyre started the night out and she's one of our HubSpot partners and I loved her tip of the night. It was so good. Yeah, a three-minute tip talking about pop-up forms and how to increase subscriber rates and, and actually a little tip with to do with your forms as well. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Actually, we should share the hug slides there. So yeah, we'll make that available. Yeah, it. or you can get it at the Sydney HubSpot User Group uh, website. And now, Moby, what can we say? So, look, this guy's pretty smart. We only gave him 20 minutes. You kept him to time, by the way. Gee, Mission Impossible, well done. And his slides are worth going through. I loved how he kind of used a trivial pursuit analogy or um, method to talk about the six wedges of winning. At, and he uh, talked yeah. about that. He called it the HubSpot maturity model where to focus your energy on using HubSpot. And I think there were some really good tips in there. I, I learned a few things. You've learned a few things and we're all the better for it, aren't we? We are. And you're actually going to talk about one of the maybe tips that he reminded Correct. us of coming up exactly. in shot three. Yeah, but no, look, a really good night. And just a reminder to listeners, if you're not already involved in a HubSpot user group, check it out. You can just Google HubSpot user groups and they're all over the globe. All right, Craig, onto our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And these are our... Three HubSpot workflow tips. Yeah, it's hard to come up with just three. There's so many things. And if you've been listening to the show over the last probably 10 or so episodes, we've touched on workflows. A few times. A few times, yeah. But we thought we'd highlight a few of them. Do you want me to kick these off? Yeah, let's go. Number one. All right. So I just wanted to remind people about using settings. So as you know, you go into workflows and, and there's actions. Everyone knows the actions. Oh, yeah, send an email, delay for a day, etc. Pop into the settings and then that's actually, there's two things there. You can control suppression and unenrollment. Okay, let's just take a step back. Mm. Suppression. Why would we suppress something? So suppression means that a certain kind of people in a certain list, you might say, I never want them going through this workflow. So here's a good example, a lead nurture. If someone's already a customer, you'd suppress them from going through. 
Or maybe first-time customer versus repeat customer. Maybe you've got a first-time customer workflow. So you'd suppress um, repeat customers. There's plenty of them. We actually talked about having a global suppression list, which you could build, and we put that into every workflow now. So we've actually got a, a client that's a good example, actually, where they suddenly decided there was a new persona that they were adding into their list of personas. And they're like, oh, but we don't want them getting any of the email workflows. There's a, it's actually a non-fit persona. Yeah, right. So instead of going, oh, well, we'll have to go through all the workflows and make sure they don't trigger an entry in that, we just actually added them to a global suppression list. And because in the, at the start we'd built the global suppression list to be suppressed from every workflow, automatically they're suppressed. So suppression lists and unenrollment, that's our first HubSpot tip. Very powerful. Okay, let me just take a step back. Unenrollment, why would people use that? Yeah, so if suppression stops you getting into the workflow, unenrollment takes you out if you're halfway through. And so, for example... If you don't meet entry criteria, say you started, entry criteria got you in, but then you change, you actually have an option to say, oh, it's changed. And the way I got into this workflow is actually no longer my situation. Okay, I'll take you out. So instead of having to create some kind of goal or suppression for that occurrence, you just say, oh, they no longer meet entry criteria. Okay, we'll just take them out automatically. It's a really nice feature, little hidden powerful feature of HubSpot. Yeah, and I'm asking the question because I actually see not many people use these features Mm. to suppress or unenroll contacts from workflows. So check it out. Episode 149 is where you'll learn more about that. Number two is to use the workflow goal to exit people as well as report on the progress of that workflow. Okay, so this is another one. It's similar to unenrollment in a way, I think more people know about goals. They know a workflow has a goal. However, what I do see people do is piling everything into the goal for a workflow. They go, oh yeah, this or this or this or this or this is a goal to exit people out. And that is actually valid. It's kind of, I actually used to do that for a while, use the goal as kind of getting people out. But there's a hidden benefit of making your goal really clean. And that is because the goal actually helps you with reporting through the workflow. So you can actually see through the state, as you go through your workflow, you can see, oh, at this point, X number of people met the goal and then they left. Now that's actually quite useful when you're going through at a Mm. detailed level going, oh, my workflow goes, ah, here's actually where it's converting. And you might see at this point, oh, this email works. Whereas if you've got all the other criteria as part of the goal, it kind of just dilutes that, that effectiveness. So use your goals wisely to exit people out, but just be mindful it can be a reporting tool as well. That's gold, Craig. And number three is looping workflows. So this is where we we spoke about parent-child workflow arrangements that can be set to keep looping around every day. And you used a really smart one where you were using this to trigger off daily emails, right? Yeah, daily emails. But look, full credit to Daniel Bershey, who highlighted this at Inbound last year, this idea of looping workflows. I'll just explain very quickly how it works. Well, you have two workflows. We're going to call them parent and child. They're just two workflows. But the parent normally has two entry criteria. One is kind of the way that people get into it. And the second is some kind of property, probably, that can be reset multiple times. And that's going to be reset from the child. Yes. So your entry might be, ah, fills out a form. But then your second entry criteria is if this custom, and we normally use a custom property, if this custom property kind of increments or is set, 
then go into that parent workflow again. Okay, so your parent workflow, it normally has very little to do except enter, probably has a delay of a couple of minutes, then triggers the child workflow. Now your child workflow, that's where all the work happens. You can only get into the child from that parent. And by the way, that parent, as soon as it calls the child, that parent finishes, right? So it's finished. So now you're in the child. And the child, as we would use it, waits, delays for a day, sends an email, might do a whole other thing. And then the last thing it does- To set that contact property. Sets that custom property. And it might just increment it. And just by incrementing a custom property, that's enough to trigger your parent workflow and it all happens over again. So you've basically set your child workflow is where it sets, oh, wait a day or two days or a week or whatever. And you might have exit goals and things like that to get them out eventually. But that's how you do a looping. And it's very powerful. So thank you, Daniel Bershi, for that. And I've used that in our agency portals and some of our brands. You've seen it. Like we have this email series that goes on for 365 days. They get a daily email. Yeah, that's right. And that workflow, that parent child, I've just got that little looping workflow doing all the work. It's fantastic. All right. On to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is about custom lead status. Now, this is a HubSpot property that exists. It has default values in there. And I would actually encourage people to review it for their businesses and actually use it because you can do all sorts of things. You can set it up so it lines up with what your sales process is and you can help them to trigger actions as well as use them in reports. So Moby was talking about this. He's using it in a slightly different way to the, how I was thinking about using it, but really interesting to see how other people use stuff, right? And I guess that this is the eye opener because it made me now think, well, what can I do differently to the way we implement it and how can we use it effectively in reporting, which we don't necessarily do. And one of the things that I'm actually looking at doing is using that lead status to actually trigger off creating a deal when it gets to a particular stage. So because the customer that we work with used to using these lead statuses and not really working with deals. So I thought this is a good halfway point. We'll start using the deals part and start creating them automatically so we can actually track what goes on and working with sales in doing that. So there are lots of things that can be done, but just to encourage you, go back to the lead status and Refine that for your business. We should put a link into that show we did where we talked about the difference between life cycle stage and, and lead, lead status. status. Correct. And they've both got a very clear benefits of using them. Exactly. So. All right. Onto the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. And this is to do with the ads add-on within HubSpot. There is this little slider that turns campaigns on and off, which I think you must have thought was on for reporting, but it actually switches... It basically pauses a campaign. Yeah. So this is just a bit bit of a gotcha because I was with a client. This is the problem with having a piece of functionality that's called reporting that actually controls campaigns. So they're like, oh, okay, so I can report on all my campaigns here. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Oh, and I can see ROI. That's fantastic. Oh, okay, so that's including all those campaigns. Yeah, okay, so I'll just turn these ones off and I'm they're expecting that just to impact what gets into the reporting total at the top. Yes. It's like, no, 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 you've actually turned the campaign off at this. What? So it's a gotcha. And you know why? Because there's actually no heading below that little toggle. <laughs> no. And I don't know if there's a permission around this, but 
in some ways you want almost everyone on the team to have access to this ads reporting to Correct. view the results, yeah. but you don't want people to be able to turn them on and off. Exactly. That might, I need to check that, the whether total. that's a permission setting, whether yes. they can actually edit campaign status. But, yeah, anyway, it's a gotcha either way because most people just have full access to it anyway. That's right. And another, another gotcha is that from a client was they were saying, oh, hang on, I'm only seeing Facebook in here. Where's all the Google stuff gone? Oh, and they didn't have the account selected at the top. So, obviously, that changed all the numbers. And they go, oh, hang on, I can count I got this many leads out this week, but when I look at the ads reporting, I only see a lesser number. Where are the rest? And so it was because they hadn't actually selected that. That's exactly the, right, yeah. In the accounts that were selected to report on. So yeah. there's another one. By the way, there are other tabs for analysis and you can get reports elsewhere, but this is commonly where they go, the campaign view. Oh, yeah, cool, because there's that ROI. That ROI. Excellent. <laughs> that is gold. Yeah. All right, the marketing tip of the week, Craig, and this is to do with Facebook advertising metrics. And this is something that's changing in Facebook to better help advertisers. What are the new metrics, Craig? There's three new ones. It's replacing the quality ranking. Yeah, so you know, relevance it's issue, got I a say. relevance score, which we all looked to Correct. on our Facebook ads. Although sometimes it's like, well, it seems to have no impact on results. You know, sometimes this is highly relevant. It's almost like that's a trigger for Facebook to say, you should be giving us more money to promote this. <laughs> but it's low Look, it is generally a good sign of whether it's relevant. It doesn't impact the auction, getting into the auction. Yes. It's not like quality score over in AdWords, which has a, you know, that has a pretty, pretty um, direct, Adverse. direct, <laughs> direct impact on bid prices and things. Correct. And well, part of the reason we're including this in the show notes or in the show today is because Facebook is changing so much. Every time I go in, there's another little pop up saying, "Oh, by the way, we're we're, we're um, sunsetting these um, metrics." But this is another one. Relevancy is going away, but there's these actual quality and engagement rate metrics that they're replacing them with, which I think will actually be better. Yeah, that's right. So the first one is quality ranking metric, which will measure the ad perceived quality compared to ads competing for the same target audience. The next one. Engagement rate metric, similar, but just expected engagement rate. And then the conversion rate, showing the ads expected conversion rates when compared to ads with the same optimization goals and audience. Anyway, just something to be aware of. That's right. And that's rolling out at the end of April. So you probably start seeing it in your account. And I think it's a good good step in the right direction. All right. Inside of the week, Craig, social strategy versus social tactics. Yeah, look, I just wanted to raise this. I think it's an interesting topic. And at the end, I'll say why I think it's useful for marketing managers to think about because it always comes down to cost. And so... I think typically a lot of the social that we do for clients is just social tactics. It's just scheduling stuff. It's not strategic. Mm. It's just tactics. So I thought I'd explain what social strategy is versus tactics. And you can look at any successful marketing-based company, like a strong marketing focus, and HubSpot would be a a good example of this, but there's many others. Mm. Social strategy comes down to things like what they talk about on what channel. Correct. You know how we always say marketing, right message, the right people in the right place, right format, et cetera. Yes. 
Social's no different. So to give you an example, you'll often see companies, if they've got a proper social strategy in place, Twitter, they're all over it for knowledge base, sharing technical articles, that kind yes, of thing. support. And jumping on support requests. Yes. I see HubSpot do this really well. They're on Twitter. They're all over Twitter with the technical stuff. As soon as someone talks about what's got a problem, ah, oh, just looping in HubSpot support to help you with that, they're right on it. Okay, so Twitter, very much almost a knowledge base and support focus. So almost a customer focus. Instagram, they might use, say, as a recruiting arm. This is all about life at, well, HubSpot, as an example. I'm not, That's right. They've got life at HubSpot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, here's how good it is to work at X company yes. and join our, you know, our culture. Showing culture, isn't it? Exactly. Kind of showing yeah. people and culture. Facebook, there might be much more of a community focus. Here's the impact we're having on the community and people. And, you know, here's the good works that we do, all that kind of stuff. And then LinkedIn, you might think, oh, that's just about professional connections. Sure, it's there, but there's often a personal branding. You'll see them highlighting actual team members there. Here's them giving training. It's almost like a personal branding arm. Now, they're just examples that I'm picking up. That's not, that's not a suggestion. That's just an example of what, the way this often manifests. So that's social strategy. That's part of social strategy. Compare that to most people who just use the scheduling tool to get their latest blog post and shotgun it across every channel at the (laughs) same time. That's social tactics. Now, that's the difference between the two. I'm not saying one's right or wrong, but here's the point. If you're a marketing manager, don't talk about having, we've got this social strategy or don't ask your agency to come up with, you know, and look after a social strategy if actually you've only got budget for a social tactics piece. Mm. And that's the important thing because tactics might, just that simple scheduling might be fine for your industry. Maybe that's all you need, but if it's really about strategy, then it actually requires a lot of thought and planning, getting the content in place and targeting it well. And that's, you know, time and money. Yeah, I think that's really well put, Craig. And I would encourage everybody to actually go back and have a look at what they're doing on different platforms and seeing does it line up with what you're aiming to achieve and then focus on that or think, scale back and focus on the one that's getting you to the goal that you're after. All right, Craig, podcast of the week. And this is from one of our guest speakers at the Sydney HubSpot user group. Yeah, Susie Daphnis, well, she co-hosts a podcast. Actually, she's got a few podcasts. The one we're going to feature is called Content Sales, and it's fantastic. I think it's been going around as as long as ours. I I remember we kind of started around the same time. Yes. And she does a lot more interviews uh, with people and had a great one recently that I was listening to on Instagram marketing. It was fantastic. So, yeah, I just wanted to give her a shout out. Really worth listening to. That's right. So content sells and listen to episode 102 and 103. All right, Craig, a resource of the week. We have a Backlinko resource about e-commerce SEO. So if you are doing e-commerce SEO or you're interested in starting it, we'd encourage you to have a read of this. This is, a, as you rightly put it, it's hard to find a better article. <laughs> this article is incredible. I almost linked to it just to show listeners an example of, of Great content. Awesome, awesome content again. And Brian Dean does this all the time, doesn't he? Oh, it's a machine. All right. And now for our quote of the week, Craig. This is from a book that you read and I've actually had a flick through called Disrupt Yourself by Whitney Johnson. It's called the Equal Odds Rule. If you want to write a frequently cited paper, publish a lot. If you want a successful business, get to work. If you want to sharpen your skills as a disruptor, disrupt. A simple metric 
show up and keep showing up. Great quote. You know what? I reckon we could shorten it a little bit and just say, just do it. Just do it. Nike. Thank you. (laughs) But there you go. Good book, though. Excellent book. book. And our final thing is a tweet of the week, Craig, that you discovered that you decided to show me. Uh, Thank you, Mark Porter, for this. He's basically taking the piss out of all those people on Twitter that get on and claim their amazing results by using, like, uh, a screenshot from Google Analytics. (laughs) Sounds so funny. I'm not going to explain it. Just go and check it out. It's in the show notes. That's right. Go to the show notes, click the link, have a look. And have a chuckle. Priceless. Well, we'd love you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you really enjoy this episode, we'd love you to take a screenshot of it on your phone and tweet it out to us or share it on Instagram in your story. And we'd love any feedback because we love to make this show and we love helping others. So if you've got any suggestions, please hit us up via any channel that you can get us on. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.